And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys had a great weekend. Hopefully, you all had a very happy new year uh, and got home safely and all of that. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Remzo Martinez. Always a great time talking to Remzo. We talked about uh, the uh, the libs melting down over the anniversary of, of the January 6th, the riots. Uh, we talked about big tech uh, censoring another Republican politician and uh, some right-wingers talking about moving over to uh, platforms like Getter and other platforms, um, and what we should all think about that as conservatives and libertarians. It was a good it was a good show. I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, before I get to Remzo, guys, if you haven't already, uh, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe. And if you are on iTunes, please take a few seconds to give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the no gimmicks podcast all right without further ado the great remzo martinez all right guys we're here with my brother remzo martinez remzo how you been man brady we have not spoken in a year get it get it get it uh the 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 dad jokes don't really uh you know, work, work this way. But, uh, I, I have to ask you before we get started. Um, we, we need to go ahead and address what was probably the biggest story of 2021. So at least I understand where you're going uh-huh. and this story will probably take us into another year, but I just need to know firmly. Okay. Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. Are you one of the people who are, who are saying that that was rigged or do you actually think that it was, it was a genuine fight because I need to know. Of course, this is a, how. Of course, it was is, a genuine fight. Okay. I mean, th- do you know how hard it is, dude? Like, one, you go to jail for a long time <laughs> if you like take a fall in a fight. Like, it's super illegal. And I mean, it's just it'd be so much more difficult to rig a fight. Like, the only fights I know of in combat sports that are, are like definite that you can definitely say were rigged were a bunch of the pride fights over in Japan in the late '90s, early 2000s. Because a bunch of those guys got caught. And a bunch of those fights, it was super obvious. But, like, at least in this country, man, at least in modern days, it would be super hard to rig a fight. Not impossible. I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but it would be really difficult. Yeah, it's just all, all these all these people saying that. It's like, if you, if you believe that fight was rigged, it's because you didn't like the outcome. I mean, Tyron Ridley got tired, and he dropped his hand, and he got knocked out. That happens. I mean, you know, you know what it's like in the gym to get tired, you know, so tired you can barely hold your hands up. It happens, you know, whatever. I didn't watch it. I just watched the highlights on Twitter because I don't watch stupid sideshow fights because I'm, I'm just above that. You know, you know, you know me, Remzo. You know, yeah. Know about the sideshows. Yeah, but every once in a while, it's just like you know what? Let them fight for our enjoyment. Yeah, I mean, like, what's his name? Logan Paul. Is that his name? The the older brother, yeah, who fought Mayweather last night. No, summer. no, I meant the guy who fought. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Jake Jake Paul. I get the two of them. Dude, I don't know these people. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know. I've never seen their YouTube. Like, I don't even know why they're famous. But uh, wait, so which one was it? 
you confuse so, me. So this one, the, the one that knocked out Woodley was uh, was Jake, the Disney Jake. kid. I mean, that was a heck of a right hand. Got to hand it to old Jake, you know. Yeah, he's got the he's got the knockout power. Sure, sure. I mean, like, yeah, I don't know, man. Do, do, are serious people saying that like they're rigging those fights, or is this just like Twitter conspiracy? It, it's it's just the same people that still think that January six was like worse than nine eleven. <laughs> In the business, that's called a transition, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, that's what I wanted to talk about first. Uh, the libs. <sighs> The Democrats, Remzo, they've been looking forward to this week in particular for an entire calendar year. Like they've been, they've been looking forward to it, man. They love this, and obviously, I mean, the anniversary of January sixth, the worst day in the history of the world, the Black Death that killed somewhere between forty to forty-five percent of Europe, had nothing on January sixth <laughs> in these people's minds. So, I, dude, I mean, these people are going to be completely insufferable this week, aren't they? Oh, I mean, I'm already seeing it. Bill Crystal, who I, I don't know how he keeps popping up on my Twitter. I think I might actually have to go and block him because I just I just don't like seeing his shit. But he was like, never forget January 6th. And it's like, <laughs> dude, this is not like Pearl Harbor. Like, come on. It, it's become a religious holiday for people that hate conservatives and want to try and chalk it up to be something that it isn't. And for the most part, like when when 9-11 um, you know, when we reached the anniversary of 9-11 last year, I mean, they were really trying hard to like paint it up as, you know, 9-11 used to be the worst day of my life. But looking back now, it has to be January 6th. <laughs> and it's like, are you freaking kidding me? I mean, this is a strategy, man. I mean, like the, 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 the folks in the corporate in corporate media and at the DNC, like they sat down and they planned it out. I mean, they legitimately believe that they can just screech like little girls about January 6th and that'll help them win elections. I mean, like, I, I suppose that's kind of all they have at this point. The economy's trash. People are starting to see through the COVID propaganda. Uh, but I mean, they're really banking on this, man. I mean, they are, they saw the, the generic congressional ballot. They're, they're noticing Joe Biden's approval rating. They're, they're really putting a lot of eggs into the January 6th basket. I, uh, I was reading something related to, uh, to comics because I've just really tried to avoid reading commentary from a lot of the mainstream news sites for a while. And I think I've done a pretty good job at that. But I was on a comicbookresources.com, and apparently there was, this, uh, there was this voice actor for Bob's Burgers who was there at the rally, and apparently he may have tried to charge the Capitol. Now, don't get me wrong. There's no real evidence that he tried to do it. I think somebody thinks they think they saw him on a on footage or something, but the police haven't charged him with anything. He's not, you know, a suspect in anything. They just think he was there. So Bob's Burgers on Fox went ahead and just canned the guy. And then oh as, as this uh, comicbookresources.com recorder a reporter is talking about, you know, the summary of January 6th. They went ahead and said that 150 people died. <laughs> so I'm like, what? Come on now. Uh, I mean, yikes. I mean, to the best of my knowledge, there was like one cop. And obviously it's tragic. Anybody, anytime somebody dies, of course, you know. So, so Ashley Babbitt but, got shot. Yeah. yeah. In, the, in the direct got shot yeah, and then yeah, a cop I, like had a heart attack or something so there's like he, two he, people that died and one then on there, each side and then there was another cop that that shot himself uh, a few weeks later yeah i mean there was like dozens of people that were murdered at the black lives matter riots i, I was on a 
I, I was on uh, the, the show with uh, with James Rosen, not the big, big James Rosen. It's another liberal reporter named James Rosen. They clone themselves. Nice gentleman. Very, very polite. But, you know, he, he was saying that January 6th would go down in history as one of the um, uh, is one of the most like eventful moments in in U.S. history. And I looked at him <laughs> and I was just like, dude, we won't be talking about this three years from now. And I don't want to sound like I'm I'm going to pull a bunch of whataboutisms because I was also on of uh, Peter Roth from Newsmax. And I'm like, I, I know what Peter's going to say about this. It's going to turn into a bunch of whataboutisms. I'm, you know, what, what I would typically say is, well, what about the Black Lives Matter and Antifa riots for a full year? And then you go, well, what about January 6th? It's like everybody sucks. But let's not compare what happened on January 6th to what happened for months throughout the country in which many people died, in which thousands of people lost their businesses, in which thousands of people lost their livelihoods. I mean, let, let's not let's not compare because both both are bad. But at the end of the day, if I had to repeat the entirety of the quote summer of love or January 6th, I would rather go through that than what we had to endure during 2020 at any point. Oh, yeah. I mean, plus, I think it's much more evil to destroy private property than public property. I mean, I mean, just objective, oh objectively speaking, how, how many, how many black, and that's why I told to, to Rosen, I was like, how many black owned businesses were burned down? Hundreds. Yeah. Hundreds. Yeah. I mean, I, just, look, uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't white suburbia that was getting burned down. Like, let, let's be honest about it. It was already the communities that were really, really struggling to begin with that were the easy targets. I mean, my takeaways from January 6th is, one, the federal government spends, like, $25 billion a day in stolen money. <laughs> $25 billion a day. And they use it to, like, you know, do stuff like drone bomb kids in war-torn countries. You know what I mean? Like, January 6th probably wasn't the worst thing that happened in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. <laughs> I'm sure there were some other atrocities perpetrated by our government that day. Th that were worse and killed more people than than the quote unquote riot or whatever. And then like my takeaway on the idiots that actually stormed the Capitol. I mean, it's just like it's just more stupid than anything else. It's like I don't know what they thought was going to happen. I mean, like there's the propaganda though, like the good government propaganda. It's the people's house. It's the people's house. It belongs to everybody. Maybe those all those Trump supporters that that rushed the Capitol actually believed that. But it's like, dude. These people obviously had no idea what Congress is. It's a bunch of criminals, man. It's I mean, of, how many people have actually? I mean, how many people have actually been charged with a crime? There, there have been like one or two. One couple, of them was, yeah. yeah, one of them was Bison guy yeah. because he was actually charged with like you know theft and damage of public property by stealing Pelosi's lectern, and <laughs> then and then some other guy that uh, had assaulted a police officer. Everyone else who's being held captive by the Capitol Police who have been there for months now, they haven't even been formally charged. Yeah, and they're just being held. Some of them are still being held in, like, solitary confinement, which is pretty bonkers. But, I mean, like, I don't know why, I don't know how. I mean, just knowing what you know about the history of governments, I, I, I mean, what did you expect to happen, man? You're like, you're going to go after the United States government and expect to live? I mean, dude, they're lucky they didn't just slaughter all of them on the spot. They didn't, like, Epstein them. Yeah, I mean, or just put them down right right where they stood. I mean, I, I would, honestly, when I was watching that happen, I was like, oh, yeah, the government's going to slaughter those people. <laughs> like, they're not going to make it out of that building. I, I, it's, it's actually miraculous, you know. Um, 
that they're alive, to be honest. But yeah, man. I mean, if you, I don't know. I mean, they show up unarmed to attack the government. That's bold. <laughs> that's a bold. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what these morons thought was going to happen. But I mean, dude, if you if you go after an authoritarian government, I mean, they're going to crush you. They're not going to let you walk out unscathed. So. Yeah, I mean, I for 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 the you know for the for the biggest revolution since you know the Civil War, it, it only lasted like five hours. Yeah, just strange, man. Might have to get on Twitter and like mute the words January sixth this week. Just to... I'm I'm bar- I'm barely gonna go on because I just know that no matter how hard I try, you won't be able to escape it. Who's that? Who's that quote unquote Republican from MSNBC? Jennifer Rubin. Oh she, yeah, she's gonna be like, this is the worst thing since the history of everything. This is worse than the Holocaust. This is worse than Japanese concentration. This is worse than like, you know, the Spanish Inquisition. I mean, she's just gonna be like frothing at the mouth. This is worse than Genghis Khan killing fifteen percent of the global population. This is <laughs> 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 this, this is worse than. She, uh, uh, then Mao killing 80 million people. Yeah. I mean, she's just going to go hard. Old Jenny. Old Jenny was a friend of mine. My goodness. Yeah. I mean, these people, I, the Democrats, it's just so bizarre, man. They honest to goodness think if they just screech January 6th as loud as they can, we're going to start voting for Democrats. It's like, guys, I mean, I'm going to vote. It didn't, it didn't vote. even work in Virginia in October. <laughs> I know. When I hear the, the child is screeching, like, I'm, my only thoughts, like, man, I'm gonna vote Republican even harder. <laughs> just, just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna vote Republican so hard. Like, I'm gonna break the ballot box, man, pulling that lever so hard because of your autistic screeching. My goodness, you people. It's a bold strategy, though. I mean, they have nothing. What else? What else are they gonna run on, man? Um, I mean, it's, it, it, I think it's at the point where enough people have started to realize, like, it, it wasn't, it wasn't. It wasn't as and I don't want to say that it was, you know, it was not as bad. But like I remember I was in D.C. I think I called into your show during the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, oh, my God, dude, they were storming everything. They were storming the Senate building. They were yeah. storming Senate elevators. I mean, yeah. it, that was that was an insurrection. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were they were legit calls to violence every day from that. Dude. I mean, and they, Twitter allowed that to happen. I mean, Twitter also just became like a breeding ground for the worst type of people to go after Brett Kavanaugh during that time. Dude, there's an assassination attempt on Rand Paul once a year. <laughs> I mean, the Democrats, the Democrats have tried to kill, physically murder Rand Paul like four times in the last five I, years. I, I love it. I love it when like these D.C. reason Republican uh, libertarians and stuff, they're like, Rand Paul has changed. Why has he become so so much harder and so much more partisan? It's like, well, maybe it's because they've tried to kill him so many times. Yeah, because the Democrats will not stop trying to murder him and his family. It's like when you have made the most like, you know, likable person in the Senate on both sides, like, you know, into this person who's like drawing a line in the sand of the shit he will tolerate. That's not because it's something he did. That's because it's something you did. It's funny, man. Like after uh, Joe Manchin shot down Biden's five trillion dollar spending bill, it's like the legitimate and I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but like the legitimate feeling among a lot of Democrats, especially internet Democrats, were that they should harass Joe Manchin and threaten his family even more. <laughs> it's like, oh yep, yep, he didn't do what you want. Better 
go harass him on his boat again because it works so well the first five times. It's like these people, man, these people, they just don't. It's a bold strategy. We'll, we'll see how it works out for him. You hear, uh, you hear Marjorie Taylor Greene, speaking of cute people, she got uh, she got kicked off of Twitter permanently. Yeah, I didn't see what she posted. What was it? She, Probably she got, nothing. But. She got the Trump ban. I mean, it was, I, I remember what it was. Like, I here, here's the thing. I'm not, I'm not like a big supporter of her, but I'm kind of a fan of her because she's like the AOC of the right. Oh, like she does not, insane. she does not, she does not need to be like this, you know, intellectual revolutionary. Like some people want you to want, want would prefer you'd rather like, like I like her just because she annoys the shit out of people. That's oh, become yeah. like my gauge for who I like and who I don't like. Like she said some shit where I'm just like, lady, what the fuck? But more often than that, it's like, you know what? I'd rather be on your team than not be on your team. And I've also seen her do CrossFit, and I don't want to mess with her. It's probably better, like, because she's, you know, like, not that bright. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> and just says, like, crazy stuff. So it's like, elector. I mean, don't be wrong. We're going to talk about big tech in just a second. And But, you know, it's obviously wrong. They shouldn't be banning congressmen from Twitter. That's insane. Um, just because they don't like what she has to say. But, like, you know, same with, like, how they kick Trump off. It's probably better electorally for her if she's not on Twitter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, dude, Trump's approval rating is, like, rising. And hey, he's, this, be- he's beating this, Biden in head-to-head polls. That's because he's not on Twitter running his mouth. Hey, you know distance I mean? makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But let, let's talk about that because right-wingers— uh, again, are doing something that I totally support. Obviously, and I know you do too. And but they're they're right wingers on Twitter are, you know, talking about using alternative platforms again. I mean, great. Obviously, I mean, obviously, I, I agree that big tech sucks and we need alternatives in the market at least to put some pressure on the the on these clowns, the the tech giants. Um, you know, we saw it with Parler, people got over there for a while. Obviously, you have some experience with that, and that fizzled out. Um, and the new one's called Gitter, which you actually told me right before we started recording. I, I wasn't quite sure how um, to pronounce that terrible name. Just, just terrible name. I mean, do try harder, guys. Please change the name. Um, but anyway, I signed up this morning for Gitter. It just sounds, dude. It sounds like a gay porn site or something. I don't know. Like Grinder. Like Grinder. Yeah, that's right. That that must be <laughs> must be what I was thinking of. But like. I don't know. It's cool. I signed up for Gitter. Joe Rogan said that he signed up for it. Obviously, that'll that'll help them out with business. Um, you know, any any chance that this new one takes off? I mean, it's it, it's up to two factors: whether people will go there, which people seem to be going there. They had, I think, uh, at, at the time of recording yesterday, they had about like a hundred thousand people within like an hour sign up, which for them it was a huge milestone, and they were uh, trending for the top free apps in Australia. And I don't know if it was trending in North America, but if it's trending in like Australia of all places, for example, it should be trending somewhere for the free apps in, a, in North America at the time that we're speaking. But, you know, at this point, it's not about whether or not it will succeed because people will support it. The big question is, will it succeed without institutional support? Right. Are, are they? And these are all questions I would ask anybody. I don't know the answers to these, but my questions for Getter would be, are you on Amazon servers? Because we saw what happened when Parler was on Amazon servers. Do you have a good, reliable relationship with your payment processor? Because we know what happens when you get kicked off of Venmo and 
PayPal and your credit cards get shut off? Who's doing your security? Who's protecting you from malware and all that type of stuff? Are they in the United States? Are you signing up with some weird Russian company? Like, you know, there are just things that you need to do to protect yourself. And literally, as long as they just have themselves shielded and isolated from the institutional attacks, from banking, from tech, from all those things that we could very easily see get swept under the rug within a day, they'll be fine. But if they have any of those vulnerabilities, understand these companies, when it comes to the court of public opinion, they will void every contract. They will break every promise. They will do anything and everything they can to hurt you, and they will still get away with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, any of them. Apple can kick them off the App Store whenever they want. Obviously, Amazon Web Services. Hopefully, they aren't hosted with Amazon. They, I mean, 90% of the Internet is. But, uh, you know, hopefully they're protected there. Um, I obviously hope, you know, I haven't I haven't posted yet. I'll, I'll post this podcast as soon as it's up in an hour on there um, and start using it. But, you know, I, I, I obviously wish them the best. You know, more competition in the market is a great thing. Uh, especially if companies are promising not to ban people for speech, you know. Um, but, I mean, anytime, and it was the same way with, with Parler, the arguments are just so bad. I mean, there, there's the arguments are so bad on all sides. I mean, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of right-wingers that are like, just get off of Facebook, get off of Twitter, and we'll, let's just go over here to our own stuff. And It's like, okay, I don't know why you think that ceding ground to your political opponents, letting your political opponents run the Internet, <laughs> you know, unchecked is smart doesn't seem like a great strategy there and then there's like the the annoying beltway like the reason magazine type you know quote-unquote libertarians who give us libertarians a bad name you know they're just they're still using the old tired boring argument oh twitter's a private company they can do whatever they want they can kick off wherever they want you know why don't you build your own twitter and then they'll mock people who actually try you know they mocked parlor and they're mocking getter you know they're why don't you build your own twitter and then people actually try and then they mock them it doesn't seem like I don't know how you can square that circle. I mean, do you want do you want to encourage people to build their own platform or do you want to mock them? It's it seems bizarre that these people choose to do both simultaneously. That that really bothers me, but it's just like the bad, the simple-minded bad faith arguments on both sides just really bother me here. So sometimes I feel like uh like Oppenheimer because like, you know, I, I left a I left a very cushy corporate job that I probably could have stayed at forever. Instead, I went to go work for, uh, for, for, you know, for parlor at the time. And I thought I was going to change the world. And, you know, the, as more time goes on since I left, what I've noticed is that the world doesn't want to change No, because, you know, all, all the, all the wrong lessons were, were learned from everything that's happened the past year and a half. And I'm like, if, if people really wanted to fight big tech, why, why was nobody – I mean why didn't the Trumps – why didn't anybody consider buying a bunch of stock, getting in on the board meetings to vote, and then if they didn't get their way, do a massive coordinated sell-off? I mean that's happened in the past, but people don't want you to think that that can work because the moment money gets involved, then everyone thinks there's something else and nobody ever wants to risk their money. Oh, yeah, you go buy a bunch of shares. I'll, I'll watch and support you from the side. It's like, no, inactivity is an action. You're, you're, you're not doing anything by not doing anything. I'm sorry. You're, you're, you're doing something by not doing nothing. And that was the thing. It's like, you know what? These are publicly traded companies. 
They're not. They're, yeah, they're private companies, but they're publicly traded. Right. Like I, I own, I own shares for companies I don't like. Oh, of course. I mean, why? Because I have my own reasons. But yeah. like, you know, I don't know why no one ever thought of that as an option. Like, literally, just if you don't like Twitter, why don't you just buy Twitter and change it? Yeah, I mean, that's one thing I respect about the left is that they put their money where their mouth is, and the right really doesn't. Yeah. I mean, they, like, there's never been like a. I mean, it, every race, even even if you're just talking political donations, every race. Everything. I mean, from city council up to president, every race in the country, the Democrat outspends the Republican two to one. I mean, it's just like, oh, but, even but, even private citizens, a, a a Democrat is more likely to donate the maximum amount to a political campaign oh, yeah. than any Republican. Uh, you know, where I where I grew up in Fairfax County, Virginia, they had the most maxed out donations to any candidate in 2016. And 99% of those were maxed out donations to Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And it's not like there's non—it's not like all the wealthy people are leftists. That, that couldn't be farther from the truth. It's just, you know, and, that, and that's another reason why, you know, you know, the Republicans whine all the time about losing the culture and all of that. And it's like, dude, you know, I, there are some conservatives, do, you know, like uh, Shapiro and The Daily Wire, they're like making movies now and stuff like that, and they're trying to raise money and put put money and you know put serious capital into like making films and art and stuff like that. And but it's like you know, right wingers have never done that, in, I guess until right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they just completely ignored the culture. They didn't put any time or money into the arts. They didn't do anything. I mean, it was just like you know, occasionally they'll cut a check to Bob Dole when he's running for president, but like. You know, they, the right just does not put their money where their mouth is. They they cede that ground in the world of business to the left, and it's like I, I don't know, man. And then they might, and then like the same people who would complain, like the same Republicans that complain about losing the culture, will mock. They mocked Parler, and they're mocking Gitter now when these people are trying to put their money where their mouth is and build something, you know, more friendly to the right. So it's like. It's not even that they won't put their money where their mouth is like the left does. They'll openly mock the pe- their own allies on the right when they do. You know, what I mean? it's you know so there, there's a there, there's a reason why so many conservatives got called cucks in 2016. And there's a reason why it hit so hard. It's because a lot of them are just like a lot. Well, by a lot of them, I mean, just a very a, a very a, a very small number of very affluent public figure type conservatives. It's because they actually turn out to be like into that shit. <laughs> it's like they, they, there's this weird there's this weird <laughs> tendency for some conservatives, especially like the more popular you are, the more self-defeating you happen to be. Yeah. It's like they they like being on the defense. They like playing victim because yeah. that way they don't have to have any real risk in their actions. Yeah. It's like, and- you know, if Glenn Youngkin, uh, I mean, everyone was prepared to talk about how much of a failure he was and how much of a disappointment he was. They all had to scrap that shit the next day. And then they're all writing articles and they're all tweeting about, oh, yeah, how they definitely knew it was going to happen. And <laughs> how this is, you know, the, the time for change and how they always knew he was going to win. It's like that wasn't what they were preparing for. And a lot of people who did that, it's like, no, you're you're a liar. You did not think for a minute that was going to happen. You didn't even know how to pronounce his name until the day prior. Yeah. I mean, like, it's a real shame that Glenn Youngkin made Jonah Goldberg write a real article, not just the prepackaged article that he had ready yeah, to, to put go him for to months. work yeah <laughs> he, had to scra- <laughs> he had to scrap the whole this is why Yunkin lost article that he wrote in 
July, and he actually had to bust out the old dusty laptop and write a real article. It's tragic if you think about it. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is, that is true, man. I mean, like, and honestly, some of the worst in terms of, you know, enjoying their role as lovable losers are our fellow libertarians. I mean, I swear. I mean, these people, I, I haven't I, seen a group I, of people want to lose more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I just don't even, you know, what was funny was there was this giant, uh, this giant Facebook poll that was done in, in a couple of large groups, and it had like thousands of shares, and it was vote for your favorite libertarian host. And for all those polls that I've seen throughout like the past four or five years, I've never won one. But I've always at least been nominated. And for the first time, I just kind of like went through that poll and I'm like, wow, my name isn't even on here. And yeah. honestly, it didn't bother me because I was like, you know what? Like the people arguing and bitching about this shit. It's like, you know, I, I am I am a podcaster, dude, but that's not the only thing I do. Right. And in every aspect of my life up until this, you know, even now, I, I'd say I'm less I, I'm I'm less, you know out there and vocal about certain things now that I used to be. But like, even now it's like the things that I try and do, I have an active part in a lot of things and I'm actually working and I'm not just talking about theory and principles and all this shit that sounds nice in the abstract, but the world is moving past me. Yeah. It's like, I don't want, want to be, I don't want to be a popular libertarian. I want to be an effective and impactful person. Yes. And I think that's where they have a disconnect because what they realize is that they're fighting for the title of the coolest kid at the special ed table. <laughs> and, yeah, I, and, and, yeah. I, and I want to be a cultural John Wick. That's yeah. what I want. Yeah, and there, there are good guys in the libertarian space. You know, you and I, hopefully the audience thinks that we're included in, in, the, in the good guys category. <laughs> but, I, mean, I mean, I don't know. You're listening to my show, so I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure you like me a little bit. But uh, – yeah, I mean, there's some good people out there, and we don't need to name names, but, you know, and that does, that is a good way to put it, you know, in terms of, like, the libertarian hosts and, and influencers who I respect versus the people I don't respect. And the people I respect are the people that actually want to do something, people that actually want to affect change, who are bringing something interesting to the table, not just reading the tired old, like, libertarian talking points. You know what I mean? And, like, we were talking before we hit record, you're like, you know, I'm not going to be quoting Mises when I'm being hauled off to the goo the Pfizer gulag. <laughs> Pfizer know? gulag brought to you by Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, man, I, I don't get me wrong, I love me some Mises, but you can't just recite theory every day and like, like a lot of people a lot of people still want to pretend we're living in 2019. Exactly. And if you don't understand that now is the time for action and now is the time to actually do shit yes. to try and actively take a piece of your freedom back every day if you're not actively trying to take a piece of your freedom back every day no matter how small it is you're you're, you're part of the problem at this point it's like these people it's like they pretend like like you said you know maybe these people have just been hosting podcasts for too long or listening to podcasts for too long but they're, they're still in like you're right the pre-2019 mindset of you know authoritarianism coming to the United States still being theoretical. <laughs> yeah, like like it's this like, shit is look, real like, now. Like we're here, man. Like the, every like your your doomsday scenario has come to pass. What are you going to do about it now? It yeah, just like, isn't like oh, we need to stop the 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 left from taking over. And it's like guys, I mean, you were locked. I mean, they in Kentucky, Kentucky, the red state of Kentucky, 
cops showed up to a church and arrested a pastor for the crime of preaching the gospel. Okay, in Kentucky. All right? Like, we lost. Like, we, we took some huge L's, man. Like, this is not theory anymore. This is this is real life. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter how many Twitter arguments you win. Like, you know, my, my, whole, my whole thing has just been, like, become as independent as possible. Because if you don't have choices, like, you, you, can't, you can't escape these things. If you don't have the tools and the network and the ability to do what you need to do when, when times get tough, I mean, you're, you're part of the problem because you're going to be the person that drags other people down with you. And, uh, I mean, it's just like, I, I, don't, I don't care what people call me anymore because like the era in which we had to have these like, you know, uh, name recognition, dick measuring contests, like that, those are dead now. Now we're at the point where it's like, if, if, if you have to leave your home overnight and start a new somewhere else, can you do that? Cause I know I could do that. I I've, I've already done that partially before you know the the joke was that the show started as on the run and then throughout 2020 and 2021 i was literally on the run for the most part like you know that that shit was funny until it became real and now it's just funny in like an ironic way yeah yeah that's absolutely right you know it's interesting man it's gonna be an interesting couple years here i think because there's like the Obviously, I'll be covering the news because I have to. You know, I'll be talking about the midterms all year and see what happens. Can the Republicans take back the House and the Senate and all this? And not that those things don't matter. Like, I'm I'm not an anarchist. I do vote. You know, but like, it's so much bigger. <laughs> it's, it's so much bigger than that. Our people, like you said, and that's a good way to put it. Daily taking their own freedom back from the state uh, because it's it's happened. I mean, it, it needs to happen. This is physical now. This is real life. This is not theory. This isn't. Stop the commies from taking over. I mean, guys, <laughs> I mean, they, they, you know, the Anthony Fauci is the president of the United States. OK, like well, the worst well, case well, scenario. Well, it's, has like all, happened. it's like these libertarians who are like Mises caucus versus it's like, shut the fuck up. Shut oh, yeah, the, the hell up. The Yeah. Versus the rest of the libertarian party and all that. Should, it's like, you know, dude, it's I, like it's like each time I, I like Eric Brakey, but each time I see somebody arguing with Eric Brakey, it's like, OK, like random libertarian I've never heard of. This man was a former state senator who got a bunch of shit passed. Constitutional carry, yeah. Yeah, like, like, you know, here's somebody who's actually done the things that you've spoken about. It doesn't matter how much, you know, how, how quote, pure you are than him. He has changed, he has effectively changed people's lives for the better. So unless you are on par with that, shut up. I know. Shut up. It is so strange, man. It is strange. And God bless Eric. He's such a nice guy. He engages with everybody too. Yeah. <laughs> he'll like he'll get into the Twitter arguments with people, which I just I can't handle it personally. I just don't I don't get it. But yeah, man. Yeah. Are you a talker or a doer? You know, like guys like Breaky. Who I, I, Eric's a great guy, man. I, he's been on the show a ton. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's he got constitutional carry passed in Maine. What did you do, random <laughs> Mises Caucus guy? <laughs> I mean, like, you know, obviously, and we've talked about it. Like, I've had debates on the show and everything. Like, you know, I'm a Republican, you're a Republican. You know, guys like Austin, guys like Brakey, um, you know, advocate for joining the Republican Party and, and trying to, you know, advance liberty there. And I still, I, I, that, that's what I did. That's what I'm doing. And, you know, I agree with them. Obviously, if you... If you just can't, if you're a libertarian, you can't stomach the Republican Party. I understand that, too. But it's like, yeah, you'll see, like, (laughs) these LP guys just, you know, pissing and moaning on Twitter at Eric Brakey, a guy who's actually passed legislation and made 
people, the citizens of his state more free. It's like, man, that's just, that's embarrassing. If, if you're the guy arguing <laughs> with Eric and you've done nothing but host a podcast that 10 people listen to, it's like, bro, that is, what an embarrassment. What an, what an absolute joke. Yep. Sad times, but you know, you know, hard times make strong men. Weak time. I'm sorry. Good times make weak men, and we're in, we're in hard times right now. So I'm hoping a lot of strong men come come out of it. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. I agree. One one more thing before I let you go, just because I have to bring it up, just because of the bizarre pivot we saw over the weekend, that the the left and the corporate press, they're trying to pull off something that, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's impossible. There's no way they can split the baby here. They're still trying to scare people with the COVID propaganda. They're they're fine with the teachers' unions shutting down schools again, which a bunch of the major unions are shutting down schools again for some reason. Um, but at the same time, they, they pivoted this weekend, and they're now admitting that the virus is endemic, everybody's going to get it, masks don't work, and all of this. And, like, Fauci will still give interviews, like, giving both positions at the same time. And it's like, I have to think, I don't know how you can keep two competing narratives, two conflicting narratives going at the same time. Like, I'm seeing a lot of leftists who are feeling betrayed because they wanted, you know, like Fauci to tell them that they'll never have to go to work again and, so, and then they have to go to their <laughs> house again and stuff like that. So it's like, I don't know, I think on both sides, like, I don't know, how do you keep up those two narratives at the exact same time? It makes no sense to me. Dude, for me, COVID ended like six months ago. Oh, like at this point, at this point, if you're, if you're allowing COVID to dictate your life, that's a choice. Oh yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, people, come on! Like, there's a new matrix out. Take the red pill, damn it, dude. I, we'll just move on to this. Have you seen the new matrix? I was, I was not a fan, dude. I haven't seen it because I just can't bring myself to. It's not like honestly, if you don't see this matrix, you're not missing anything. My brother called me after he saw it, and he was like, "I just need to let you know what you're in for if you're gonna watch this." piece of filth <laughs> did, you, of like, did you ever did you ever watch uh terminator genesis i did not so terminator genesis is like well i'm i'm gonna say that matrix resurrections is the terminator genesis of the matrix franchise no one wants to fucking talk about it the, it's I've, better I've, off forgotten i haven't seen the movie but i do know like the plot and the the dumbest thing, obviously, there's like the weird like trans stuff and all that. <laughs> it's all like the weird like propaganda and stuff like that. But like, you, you know, to their credit, the the problem isn't that. So there was actually none of that in there. I, no, I can no, no. I can let, tell let you that. Finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. But like, how how it has been explained to me by multiple people is that the stakes are extraordinarily low. Yes. So like the machines and the people <laughs> still have a truce, and like some of the machines are on the human side. And everything's kind of fine, like 60, 70 years later after like the bat, the final battle and everything. So it's like the world's not going to end. Everybody's going to be okay. And there's like no, you can't have, and, and that doesn't make any sense because Neo, like the Matrix and Lord of the Rings are, are very similar. Like Neo is a messianic character. Like he's, this yeah. character's modeled after Jesus, obviously, as are a lot of characters in movies like that. And you can't have a messianic character unless the stakes are the end of the world like that. That's how that's the only way the story makes sense. And 
<laughs> you can't just have like bad character, but no low, but like low stakes. <laughs> like the like the worst thing that could happen would be like a minor inconvenience to the plot. You know what I mean? Like that can't happen. Yeah, so it's like like, like, liter- like literally, this film would have been better off not made. It wasn't necessary. But imagine that. Like imagine if like Avengers Endgame. Like halfway through, you kind of realize that like they're gonna be fine either way. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, wait, what? (laughs) Like that doesn't. Why have I been watching? Why have I watched forty hours of Avengers movies if it's gonna break down to like, ah, Thanos isn't really that dangerous. He's kind of a he's an all right guy. You know, it's like when when Neil Patrick Harris (laughs) is your villain, you've done something wrong. Um, and I'm sure eventually I'll get around. Like I'll just be bored enough one day eventually, or just like I'm. Just, I'm just glad I didn't have to pay for it. I watched on HBO Max. There you go. Yeah, it's that's the thing, man. I have HBO, and like I could just watch it for free anytime, and I still can't bring myself to do it. I just it'll just be man. You don't have to take that red pill. No. <laughs> Ramzo, my brother, where can everybody follow you online and uh, check out both of your podcasts? Uh, just keep it easy. Hey, Ramso, H-E-Y-R-E-M-S-O across the, you know, Al Gore's amazing Internet on the <laughs> run available wherever podcasts are every Monday and Thursday. Everybody follow Ramzo. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. <laughs>